Hey, welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us, guys, as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our own journeys of faith. Okay, well, last week we started in on... uh... Uh, a conversation on the Trinity and why understanding the Trinity is important. And right. we kind of looked at the Nicene Creed and uh, it was clear to me that I'd bitten off way more than I could chew in one for podcast. For one episode. So we're back for round two, part two, <laughs> part two. of the Trinity. So now we are going to deal with the other half of what I was going to say. Okay. Um, but to get us reframed, Yes. Uh, the Nicene Creed. Uh, okay. Let's do a little quiz. When was it written? Are you asking me? Yeah. yeah because yeah. I have... <laughs> I know you have it in front of you. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I'll just pretend that I know all these things, which I totally don't know. Well, you could have, but now uh, you admitted you I know, have, I have it in front of you. I have to be authentic, and I just feel uh, so, that would be So when, when was it written? Uh, the Creed was issued as a brief statement at the Council of Nicaea. Is that yeah. how you say that? Mm-hmm. In AD 325. Yeah, so 325. Mm-hmm. This is one of the early uh, church creeds that was designed and, and intended to end a bunch of the problems that were being had, right? We talked about that last time. It was Gnosticism, it was modalism, mm, yeah. it was Arianism, right. which were all <coughs> um, uh, gospel, pro- uh, the problems were the gospel understanding of how Trinity and or the person of Christ functions, right? right? Well, so, and it's... Yeah, it's hard to understand for yeah. us. Yeah, and, and it's one Anyways. of the, it's, you know, there's a couple cracks at it earlier, like the Apostles' Creed and that kind of stuff, and, and then this one comes along and it starts to become a little tighter and yeah. a little bit easier uh, or a little bit harder to... Um, pick apart. Pick apart. It's more clear. Pervert theology, pervert defined. gospel understanding. So, to start this one, I'm going to get you to mm-hmm. read the Nicene Creed from... 325. All right. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Now, Catholic there, of course, meaning universal, one yep. church across all time, places, and people, not Roman Catholic. Yep. People get that mixed up and, yep. and can get quite upset, actually, well, about it. And that's the thing, is the but Roman Catholic understand. Church means, is, means the universal church of Rome. 
of Rome, where this is just whereas the, universal the church. Yes. Uh, Greek Orthodox Catholic Church is the universal church of the Greeks. Yes. Right? It's, yes. They, it but, I, but people regional, seem but to think the word Catholic yeah, is re- reserved a, specifically a, yeah. for Roman Catholic. There, there is. There is. And that's a whole other... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just... I'm that's just a whole other deal that we might get into one day. Um, so Maybe. here, the, the reality is that the Trinity and the Nicene Creed is there's one God, one God ex, 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 uh, eternally ex, exists in three persons. I'm having a hard right time there. just... <laughs> Uh, for those <laughs> for those that aren't aware, we're recording today on a Sunday afternoon. Sunday. So um, after you do church and and do a whole bunch of social stuff, uh, sometimes which is great. Sometimes All nap great. time is probably yeah. more productive than podcast recording time. We haven't got to the rest part of Sunday yet. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, but there's one God. One God eternally uh, exists in three persons: the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each of whom is fully God. Right? We kind of yes. talked about that last week. Each. And yes. and the thing we need to remember is that the Father is unbegotten. Yes. Always not created. Not created before always, time. Always the, the Son is eternally begotten. Yep. So has always been the Son. Yep. Right? Didn't just appear partway through time. No. It was not just eternally created because begotten. God wanted a kid. And the <laughs> Spirit eternally proceeds from both. Yes. So there's there's this reality that even though it really feels like the Spirit was sent by Jesus on Pentecost, that's not where the Spirit shows it's up. It's not when he, wa- he wasn't uh, created right. at that moment. And he- just because we call the Father the Father and the Son the Son, it doesn't mean that the Father existed before the Son. No, that's right. Right. We have to wrap our heads around They are this. of his very being. They are all one. Yeah, exactly. And, and these relationships are eternal, mm. spontaneous, and necessary mm-hmm. for God to be God. Yes. This is how the Trinity works, right? The three, uh, Father, Son, Spirit, all God, um, yet as persons of the of the Trinity, um, very specific, right? Yes. They have so, different the specific roles within yeah. the Godhead, yes. And so God the Father didn't will the Son and the Spirit into existence. That's right. They are they are the very being and nature of God, right? So God exists essentially and actually as God the Father. Of the Son, and as God, the Son of the Father, and mm. God, the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from both. Right. Right? And we start to realize, like, in practical, functional ways, and we did the statistics last time. Yes, they're but very they're dis- just, they're, it's amazing how many people who would call themselves Christians. Yeah have never really taken the time to understand. And and I think part of this is the Trinity. Uh, I think part of this is because in church, we don't talk about the creeds and the councils very much. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but Teresa even, and I both have Bibles that have the yeah. creeds and the councils in the back. So like we can actually go look them up. So the Nicene That's Creed right. is page... One thousand two hundred and forty-nine in her thirty-nine, yeah, in her large print Bible. That my I large, I love my large print. The table. I think though, uh, even even churches, because I mean, we have read these before in different churches, and we have been in different denominations. It's not like we've only ever been in the same yeah, denomination. Yeah. But I think reading them by rote and just or or just reading them from the screen is also different than understanding. Just because you read yeah, something, yeah, but how doesn't do mean you, they're teaching on but it. But how do you learn something? You learn it by repetition. And then you learn yeah, that's it, by, part of and it. then you learn it by singing it over and over and over. So, but that doesn't when, necessarily mean you understand it. I know, 
But when you had your congregation constantly reading the different creeds. Right. And singing from a curated uh, hymnal, which was designed to actually teach theology through your songs. Through, yes, yeah. Um, We lose a lot in our world today when we no longer do responsive readings. Yeah, that's true. We don't yeah, necessarily I'll, I'll we don't necessarily teach systematically through scripture. Yeah, yeah. And we don't actually curate what we sing in a way that makes us learn theology by the words we're repeating, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so uh, I love my God and I love what he did for me and I love that he died on the cross for me. What that actually does to most people is it confuses their understanding of trinity because they start to go God died on the cross. Well, yes, but Jesus, the son, died on the cross. You mean, I would say those songs aren't necessarily bad to sing. What you're saying is they're not specifying who. Well, we used to, or, we used to live sure. for, for hundreds of years. We lived in a, in a liturgical world, if yeah, you yeah. want to use a church but, word, yes. where the church actually systematically taught through theology through the yeah, year. Yeah, intentionally taught. Like it was intentionally. Yes. yes. We would... And everybody hates this word too. We would catechize our children. We would teach them the essentials of faith so that they could understand. We actually cared enough about it to teach it to them. Right. And then test them on it to make sure that they right. understood the basics. Right. And we don't do that anymore. It is, no. it is terrifying. Um, we, we get to work a, a bit with uh, Bible college students who are going through their first and second and third years and fourth years because uh, there's one nearby to us, but it's it's crazy how often you end up with somebody and you're like, I don't I don't know how you got in Bible college. I don't I don't know how you got to the spot where you're now going to devote your life to teaching God's word because you don't even I'm not sure you've even read God's word. Well, I think a lot of people go to Bible college now. Before in our day, it was like you're going to be a pastor or a missionary. That's really, a, you're making my point. But that's my point. But in that's not how it is anymore. Oh, yeah. I need to learn more. I'm going to go to Bible college. Like I'm going to just do one. So year. we I'm we wrestle, gonna... and then yeah. we wrestle with the things that should be foundational. Yeah. We wrestle with them because they have stopped being foundational in our world. In our churches, right? yes. And so this whole idea that God is three persons all the way through the Trinity, right from the beginning of the word in uh, Genesis 1-1, right. all the way to the end of Revelation, yep. um, Trinity is everywhere in there, right? Oh, absolutely, because, and, and, yes. And we have to wrestle through that and try to figure out uh, what's going on, right? So, like, if I was to talk about the external works of the Trinity, okay. right, the Father creates. Yep. If we were to go to Isaiah 44-24 which I don't have in front of me right now. I mean, I can look some of these up. Do you want me to? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Isaiah 44. 24. The Father creates. Now, we could go to Genesis 1-1, but here is another case where a prophet, hundreds of years later, is writing down God's word that has been given to him by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he is, Isaiah is writing down that the Father creates. So 44-24. 24. 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. Now, you're a solid, again, hmm? in your large print Bible, hmm? 604, uh, 674, 75, 75 yeah. pages from Genesis. Yeah. And they're still telling you that God is the creator yeah. because it's that important. It's We need to understand that this world belongs 
to God. And so the works of the Trinity continue in specific ways all throughout right. the Son redeems. Now, even yeah. in that Isaiah passage, yeah. there was, I am the God, Lord your God, your Redeemer. But in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Yeah. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hanged on a tree. There you go. Again, hmm. it's cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's a prophecy from the Old Testament. Right. It's a prophecy that is fulfilled in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. It is I a prophecy that connected. it is a prophecy that is being displayed in the epistles. And when we don't do the big swath stretches to try to figure out what Scripture is teaching us specifically about God, we lose we lose our understanding and our ability to to work our way through. How does this work? Right. Well, you it might it might it. be hard and confusing, mm-hmm. but we should be able to grasp this in a way. I mean, in the catechismic system, the Heidelberg, uh, the London Confession, the Baptist Confession, the okay. 1689s, all of those confessions, all, Westminster's, yep. it's a simple question that children can learn and answer. Yeah, that is true. I do know that. And yet, most adults can't in it's today's true. church, no, it's which is, absolutely which is scary. Then you start to question... Do we know what we believe? And why do you believe it? And why do we believe it? Um, if we were to look at, uh, going continuing on, the Father creates, the Son redeems, the Holy Spirit sanctifies. Hmm. I just had I an argument. <laughs> just had to have a crazy argument yeah. with a guy at a used bookstore because he saw me picking up a J.I. Packer and a John Stott book off the bottom shelf. I, be I, Christian. I, I spent a whopping $2 on it, and then he just went mental on me because he was confident that I was... Uh, attending a church that was a whore of Babylon, and yeah. uh, he just went crazy. But he tried to define well, uh, no. sanctification. No, oh, I'm, did he? No, I'm not. He tried yeah, to no, define no. it. Now let's look at Romans fifteen sixteen. But before you read it, yeah, yeah, yeah. His definition of sanctification was, "Well, we're going to be touched by the Father." That was his definition. That's literally what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. Let's okay. see what Romans fifteen sixteen says. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. In the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So the offering becomes sanctified by the Holy Spirit, but you, you work through that and you realize that it's all through Christ. It's, it's things become Christ-like. Yeah. Christ is the sacrifice. So if we're going to be sanctified in our offering to have our offering like Christ, mm-hmm. we're being made like Christ yep. through the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we're being sanctified every right? day. We're being sanctified. Yeah. This is the work you of the work Holy Spirit. This is, this, is what the, this is what the Holy Spirit has been sent to do, yeah. to, to remind us and teach us of all the things that Christ has done and taught. Right. And to point to and, Christ. That's right. And to point to Christ. And Christ does what the Because Father the wants. Father has deemed it so. That's right. That's right. They all work together. We have this reality. They all work together. The Father creates, the Son redeems, and the Spirit sanctifies. Mm -hmm. But take away the persons, and it's one triune God that creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Because they are inseparable. But if we don't go through the cognitive breaking it down, Mm -hmm. we get messed up. So then we think Jesus is the one who sanctifies us. No. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us to be like Jesus. We think it's right. Jesus who created. No, it was God the Father who created. Well, I think a lot of people think I'm just God. Speaking of God the Father, that's yep. that's my God. 
I don't need Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I just have, I just have God. Yeah. Or Jesus is the only one that is it is my God. Right. Like they split it up. Yeah. Then they well, no longer have the triune God, which well, means they no longer have the God of the Bible, well, the God we of have, Jacob, we the have, God of Abraham. We have worldwide holiness movements that yeah. talk about they want to follow the Holy Spirit. Yes. The and Holy Spirit really will always to, point to Christ. And the Holy Spirit, we just read it. Yeah. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point to Christ. Yeah. And he does so reveal if you want only the Holy Spirit, but you don't, and you want to devoid yourself of the teachings of Christ, you're not following the Holy Spirit. Right. right? No, that's right. And, because and that's everything the, the Holy bit. Spirit brings to you or talks to you about or reveals to you will line up with Scripture yeah. because so, he is always pointing to the Son. Augustine, or Augustine, whatever way you Augustine, want to say it, Augustine. as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are inseparable, so do they work inseparably. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are working together. And the problem here is if you overemphasize God's oneness, you end up saying something like the three persons are simply three manifestations of a single divine <laughs> That's modalism, person. Patrick. Yeah, and if we go back to Connell and Donald <laughs> from Lutheran satire, that's modalism. If you overemphasize emphasize the threeness, you end up with three gods, the heresy of tritheism, right, or right. a senior god and two lesser gods. Arianism, Patrick. That's Arianism, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we gotta, we have to make this right in our minds because it is important. I can easily, as a preacher, right, make fair. a modalist or Arian statement, yeah, by accident, right, just the way I phrase my sentence, okay. And then if somebody in the pew takes that hmm. and isn't actually biblically educated, goes home and that sticks with them because I said it in a really good way, Maybe. they're now a modalist. Right. They by were, accident. Right. Right? Yeah, That's you have why to be this so is careful. something that we have to work through. And this is why discipleship becomes a big, a big issue. Yeah. We need to be, you know, taught and led in the right way to, uh, to get, get these things right. Um. That's right. So yeah, in the incarnation, right? If we think about Jesus putting on flesh, coming into the world, uh, the Word, which is the eternal Son of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. In John chapter one, verse fourteen, right? We're talking about the Word and the Word. Uh, yeah, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory yeah. as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah. Now, if you've, uh, I haven't, I don't know if I really. Hmm. tipped this card too much, but I do quote a lot of Puritans. I like reading what? the Puritans and oh, and uh, I surprising. figure this is my this is my basic my basic thought process my here. Thought. Um, in our world today, uh, unfortunately, we have a great number of Christian leaders who uh, get themselves into trouble with scandals. Um, you know, disqualifying sins, all sorts of things. And then you end up with a pile of books sitting in the corner and you're like, I don't know if I can still read this uh, person's books. I don't know what to do with them because of whatever they might have done. You're like, oh my goodness. Um, disqualifying themselves. Yeah, they've disqualified themselves. Or walking away from faith. I can't tell or you. They've have have from faith, or they've walked away from faith or all these kinds of things. And, Jesus, and yeah. I've, I've literally removed 60 or 70 books out of my library over the last. And yet you still have so much more. <sighs> it's a problem. It's, it is if the anybody problem out is there has a library that they would like to get rid of, I would happily... No, we're good. But thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You I, keep those books. Maybe books, read them. They hide treasures in books. They hide, they hide good knowledge. That's where they we're, hide information. That, that's that where we're getting uh, to. Um, 
in the midst of that, right, the word, the Son of God, became flesh, dwelt among us. And, and this is where Thomas Goodwin, a Puritan author, said that heaven kissed earth when God became man, yeah. right? There's this reality that Jesus entered into our world and walked through it, fully God, fully man. Uh, and, and, and the people that would have been alive with him, they had no choice but to realize he's different. Hmm. Right. It was a constant thing. He was looking at blue collar fishermen saying, drop your nets. I got something different for you guys to do. And they're like, okay. Right. And you, yeah. we, we, we stop and we don't think these things through when you realize Jesus looks at Peter and says, drop your net. You're coming with me. And he says, okay. And then later you find out he's married. Yeah. I the know. boat was his. Like a business. He probably had a business. Owner. Like, like he just left his, he just yeah. left everything. Like you imagine to go follow. Hey, honey, what, what we're supposed to be doing. This is what this is what happened today. I was getting ready to go fish, and then this guy walked by and yeah, said, "I'm going with him." Said he was going to make me a fisher of men, <laughs> and I decided, "Let's go. Let's do this." I'm and doing this. then his wife got mad at him, and it, you know they had to figure it out. But the reality is, like Jesus was different in the incarnation. Everybody knew that the Son of God took on human nature that was created, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And through the Virgin Mary, right? So we yep. have this reality, like the Holy Spirit is in the midst of preparing this union of two natures, the one divine and the one human, into the person of Jesus Christ. That's called the hypostatic union. Yeah. Two, two, two natures are put together. It's from the Greek hypostasis, which means individual reality or person and the union. So the two realities become one. And this is how Christology, this is how Christ is explained. Because yeah. as you go through the Trinity, this part of the Trinity, the fact that Christ is fully God, fully man, messes up people's minds even farther. Yeah. Because they don't understand how can he do both of these things at the same time. Because in our finite worlds, we don't we know don't. how we would do that. Well, we don't get it because we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So... He wasn't half God and half man. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. Yeah. Fully together, both. The second person in the Trinity mean, remains one person, but now has two natures, human and divine. Right. So, Complete. Right. Which remain 100%. distinct in one person. So follow the confusion here. This is where <laughs> it gets confusing for people in theology. We have one God yeah. who is in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we have the Son who is fully God and fully man. Mm -hmm. And it can get very confusing for people when you try to wrap your brain around how does this all work? And here's the crazy reality. Mm -hmm. We don't really know because we don't really need to know. How can we? We need to have some faith that this is, we we know this to be true. We've been told this by God himself. Yep. So we hold fast to this, right? Yeah. So God must be immutable, which yep. means he doesn't change. That's right. Since he cannot degrade into a worse state. So God can't get less you know, God less, or less perfect. Right? And he can't improve to more. No. He can't be more and he, he can't yeah. be less. Can't be more perfect He's or less. perfect. Yes. And yeah. God can't be anything absolute. other than perfect. Mm-hmm. And the perfection is absolute, and, and therefore it can never be more or less perfect. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. God. Which I think is a good thing to actually talk about, because people don't... We tend to view God as we view ourselves. Yeah. So therefore, we treat him as if we ourselves 
would if we were God. Oh well, yeah, we totally. are perfect, and we can, yeah. you know, be more or less. Well, no, He is is He is outside. He is unchanging. He is. Yeah, he, God. Perfect. God doesn't have bad days. No, absolutely. Right, like He doesn't and wake yeah, up do. and go, "Oh man, I'm feeling off today. Yeah. I'm not quite feeling myself." No, that doesn't. It's not. Some no. part of the thing, and I mean, I, this is. I don't know if it's in the notes that we're going to get through in this one, but I once I'm once read in theology in a theology book. Okay. You'll notice there's never a story about Jesus being sick. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't get sick. Interesting. Right. I guess I've never really thought of that. He was like his body was per, perfect. He's bought like he's God. There was and no... man. He's fully God, fully man. But and we he don't didn't die because his body broke down. No, he he died because he, he was died murdered, yeah. killed. So executed. The the one thing that is said, like it it doesn't say like he was sick. Mm. So I mean, we don't know for sure, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Scripture doesn't tell us. So it goes on from there, right? God can't change. He's he's ever perfect, perfectly perfect. Yes. Christ in his in his works in his authoritative works, right? Forgiving sin, the substitutionary right. death, the the atonement that comes, the propitiation for yeah. sins, the mm-hmm. blood that was shed. They're possible because of his divine nature. Right, because only God possible. Because yeah. Jesus is God, he can yes. do those things. Yet his works of ministry were from his manhood in the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? Jesus yeah. walked with the Holy Spirit. So as the 100% man is doing ministry, the Holy Spirit is at work indwelling that, right? That's right. So since both natures are united in one person, his works that are the God-man are not the simple works of a man. And it's kind of like, sounds so easy, makes so much sounds sense. Sounds so simple. But then when you read the stories, we forget these things unless we've beaten them into our own understanding, Choose right? to understand them. Yeah. So then you get to the humanity. Right. And now we've got a problem, right? So Matthew twenty six thirty nine, uh, Jesus is in the garden, and he says, oh, yes. "If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but, but as, as you, you will." will. Right? Yeah. He's looking at the Father, and he's saying, "I don't want to do this." Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, fair. But he says, "But mm-hmm. I'll do what you want me to do." Yeah. Remember, God the Father sends the Son. Right. So yeah, he had a job. Yeah. He had a role to play. So Jesus, in his hu- humanly, is obedient to the Father, and he would live out, he go, does the Father's will through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? So, Which is why, when he says to us, this is what, be perfect, we are told to be perfect by, was it Paul? Mm-hmm. Be perfect as Jesus is perfect. Well, we are told to be that way because we do have the Holy Spirit, but because we can't live up to that, it's uh, something that we have to continually be re- being made new and continually repenting day by day by day. Yeah, Mark chapter 13, verse 32, but concerning that hour mm. or that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Yeah, that has always been interesting to Jesus me. looks at, Jesus, well, who's in charge of the return? Right, the Father. The Father. Mm-hmm. So the Son doesn't actually know. Now in the triune, in, in God knows, but in the person of the Son, Jesus doesn't know. He waits for the Father's moment when he says, go get him. Yeah. Go, go return and get 
them. So in the, his divinity, he certainly would know the hour. Right? The divine nature of Jesus would be, I know that. But in his humanity, he wouldn't necessarily yeah. know it. So there he That's speaks, confusing. here he speaks according to the 100% human. Right. Right? Because he probably didn't want to fry the disciples' brains as he says, well, yeah, you know. Yeah, coming back this date. I'm coming back in this many thousands. But it's enough this many that he's coming back and that we are to right? trust that. That's part yeah. of our, our responsibility Yeah. in that, right? Like... Oh yeah, here's my notes on this. The human nature assumed mm-hmm. in the incarnation consisted that of both a human body yep. and a rational soul, so mind and spirit. Yep, yep. So right, and it assumes that Jesus had the frailties and infirmities of mankind, yet was without sin. Without sin, yes. So disease can be attributed to the fall, right? Because there was none before the fall. Therefore, as we know, Jesus. Never suffered disease. No. He didn't suffer disease, he but he did know people who, who did. Yeah. And he did heal people who did, but not everybody. Yeah. That's a little theology thing for you to Wrap chew your head on. Just chew on it. But it's not, you, you don't, you're not equipped to deal with these questions until you start to lay the frown, groundwork of how does this all work, right? And so Isaiah 53 3 says that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. I know that whole chapter. Right? That's human nature. He knew yeah. grief. He knew the sorrow. Mm. But it doesn't say that he was, you know. Ill, sick. Yeah. Or, right. yeah. No. But but knowing grief and yeah. feeling sorrow are different than being sick or riddled with disease. So in the in the. Why have you ever had a cold? I've. I mean, could you imagine? Never. Did they have colds back then? I'm sure they did. Well, they had, like, I'm sure I'm, they did. Sure, they anyway, tangent, but anyway, so God yeah. as a man, yeah, God is Jesus man. is God, yeah. So, and this is where the Trinity brings us is we have he's to work mediator. through the person of Jesus Christ, and yeah. Jesus must be understood that he's God, he's a <coughs> yeah. he's, he's man, yeah, and he's the mediator, right, between, between us, us and God, right? It's through him, so as that we God, enter. he's equal God's with the presence. Father and Son, uh-huh. and as man, he's subordinate to the Father, yeah. Yes, he does the will of the Father. As the mediator, Jesus, the God-man, intercedes on behalf of God's people, right? We know that he sits at the right hand of the Father on the mercy seat, interceding on our behalf. That's right. And the value of Christ's life and death is infinite because of his infinite value of his person, right? Mm, Like he, like, that's, this is, this is why he can sacrifice his blood himself, Mm. his blood, shed his blood, and sins can be forgiven, because he's not one of us, but he's one of us. Yeah. Right? Like it, it's. He's above us, yes. It, it well, should cause us to. Oh, it it yep. should cause us to, rather than being confused and, and backing away from mm-hmm. it, it should actually cause us to dig in and try to sort it out. Yeah. And that's, that's the wrestle that we have. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about Trinity, because it's, it's one of the things that people will say to new believers or people who are struggling, like, wow, we can sort this out later. No, you kind of got to start to figure it out right away. I think people are If we're going to worship God, we need to understand mm. Father, Son, Holy understand Spirit, how this works. We ought to really understand yeah. Son because we, we're hanging all yeah. of our eternal hopes on Him. Yeah. Right? So we need to know and I think as for best some, we can some how people, this works. It becomes easier. I really do that some people help. have that, 
that just that gift of faith where they just believe it. Well, yeah, but they then, just believe but it. then there's also what you read, right? Yeah. And, and and you know, we joke about me and and the books that I have, but yes. okay, yeah, I do books. have an obnoxious amount of books. Obnoxious is a good word. I have a spreadsheet with a Dewey Decimal System yes, so that I can figure out which books stand for what things. And, and, and as you go, like people offer more, and I read these books. You do and read it, a lot of and books. It, and it, it fills your brain with more understanding of how this works. Yes, it fills your brain. Most people's brains do not work like yours. I have, in my almost 26 years of being married to you, yeah, but I have realized that your brain holds an exorbitant amount of information. That's why my hat size is extra large. But yeah. here's the deal. No. I didn't start there. No. I had grew. to get there. Yeah. You had to read more. That's right. When, we, when you put down, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm, you know, put down simple things... And start dealing with bigger things. Okay. It gets easier. This is why in scripture we're you told. You to work through it. Like we're told, milk, that, get off yeah. the milk. Right. Get to the meat. And yeah. that literally was, uh, Paul that said that, he's literally telling the people at that point, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be dealing with these basic things anymore. Right. You should have, you should have moved on from yeah. this to harder, more complicated concepts. And yet I feel in our, and this isn't a, a slam against churches, although, I mean, we could go through a lot of different things, how we just aren't doing it um, biblically a lot of times. But I feel, I feel that in our churches, we're either afraid to offend people or we're afraid and we're okay with people just knowing barely the basics. Yeah. We're okay. We don't need to learn more. It's fine. You love Jesus. That's enough. Yes, that is enough. But we are called to continue to search him out and continue to get yeah. to know him and continue to know our, our, our scriptures so that we become more like him. And that's, that's the difference between the two thieves on the cross. Right. Right. One figured out who Jesus was. Yes. Say, this man's not guilty. Yeah. He doesn't deserve what we're, what getting. we're getting. And the other guy's like, whatever. He says he's the king and can save him. He can't save mm-hmm. him. He can't save me. He, yeah. He's nobody. He's not saving himself. Yeah. And it's the difference between right. two people. They both knew what Jesus said. But one of them was told, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because he knew, look, you're innocent. Yeah. Like, I get that you're different and you're innocent. Yeah. This guy, the other guy said, I get that you're different. Why don't you save me? Right. Well, he could save you. Yes. But you didn't understand it. You didn't understand him. Yeah. And that's two guys that had like j- literally just a snapshot picture of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. On his worst yeah. day, right? Like the day that he's murdered. Well, and on they a day, and yeah. they figure and they figure this out, or, yeah. and they they start to understand. And this is why we have to wrestle with this because as you wrestle through, every time we wrestle through a hard concept or a difficult book, or reading theology, or going to a class, or working mm-hmm. through apologetics, or whatever it whatever is. Whatever it is, yeah. There's one little tick of understanding. Sometimes there's more than one little tick, but there's one little tick of understanding. And over time, all those little ticks turn into, you begin to be able to explain what you believe in a cognitive way to the people around you, mm-hmm. so that the gospel continues to go out. So that you actually know who your God is, who you worship. Yeah. Because if you don't know who you worship, yeah. Why are you worshiping? Yeah. No, that's very. Right. We should actually. Valid. We should actually understand this. So there's a good old uh, theologian, Charles Hodge. Yeah. In the Godhead, there is uh, one substance, one intelligence, one will, 
and yet three persons eternally coexist in that one essence and exercise that a one intelligence and the one will in Christ. On the contrary, there are two spirits, two intelligences, two wills, and yet all the while one indivisible person. So there's the Trinity, but inside of the Trinity, there's the son who has, uh, you know, fully God, fully man. Mm -hmm. We got to grasp that. You literally are hanging your hopes on the sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice and the reality of our God. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand this. This is like I would need to know, right? Mm -hmm. This would be like if somebody says to you, uh, and this guy that I was talking to on Friday, I said, where do you go to church? And he couldn't tell me. And I finally had to look at him and say, look, dude, I don't believe that you go to church. You don't know your pastor's name. You don't know the the location, like general yeah, location of your church, and you don't know the church's name. Yeah. So you. This would be know. like saying, "I don't really understand how the Trinity works, or how Jesus can be God and man at the same time, but yet I still worship." Okay. Well, how can you worship something that you don't even remotely understand? And I think that does come with maturity, right? It like does. When you first come to faith, you yeah. don't understand anything. And that's the little tips. Really. You understand yeah, that right. Jesus died for your sins. So this is an encouragement to get in. So this is the encouragement to dig yeah. in and know because there comes a part of this this process in our walk of faith is that we're we're called to have a reasonable defense, a reasonable answer to people who have questions. That means you got to work yeah. for this, right? We are told you got to work for that. That's right. So the early creeds and councils. This is where I go. I land. Okay. Right? There's right. creeds and councils. Yeah. If you were to go back to your little page with the uh, with the, the, the index page oh, of yeah. the creeds and the councils, you go there and I'll finish my sentence. Okay, that works. So the early creeds and councils, including all the way up to Constantinople, which was written uh, in 681, close, the gra- close gradually the definition of what church doctrine was on the persons of Christ and the Trinity, and it became pretty much accepted through all Protestants, okay. right? From that, you then get a whole bunch of catechisms that were made okay. so that Let's people teach, could understand. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying you got to catechize yourself to memorize these things, but I am saying if you're not sure... They're good to read. Get one and read it. Mm-hmm. Just read your way through it. Um, there's tons of people that podcast their way through catechisms, like okay. specific po- oh, catechisms. Or okay. you could just Google it, and, and you know that you're going to end up with a pretty orthodox Protestant understanding of faith. There might right. be some differences between different churches, right? Oh, so yeah. Presbyterians are, will baptize children. Uh, whereas Baptists generally don't, and, right. and but you can baptism. we can we can make up the understanding of what's going on in Scripture through all these things. But if you were to go through and tell me what are the first creeds, like the Apostles' Creed, Apostles' Creed, the perfect, Nicene, Nicene? Athanasian? Athanasian, Athanasian, yeah, Chalcedonian, Chalcedonian, Chalcedonian. Yeah. <laughs> the, I'm like, oh, I'm butchering these. Augs, the Augsburg, Augsburg, Confession, yeah, Belchick. Belgic? The Belchick. 
Articles of Religion. The Articles the of can- Religion. The Canons of Dort. Canons of Dort. That's Westminster later. Westminster Confession. Now we're in West- Westminster Confession. The London Baptist Confession. London the Heidelberg Baptist, Catechism. Heidel- the Westminster Catech- Larger Westminster. Catechism and the Westminster Shorter. Shorter and there's there's a Luther Catechism and there's a few other ones. This is all that this, this is book this has. is my challenge to you guys as if you're listening. If you are having a hard time wrapping your head around the the practical theology for your functional faith, this is a this is a challenge to actually dig in a little bit and try to put some framework to what you understand. Mm. The reason these were written was to save you from being uh, taken by heresy, right? Led right. astray with what you understand because right. it matters that much. Um, it yeah. And so, while these weren't typically used in worship, they are useful for worship, to help you worship. Okay, guys, yeah. well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca, on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day, and I hope you can join us next time. Till next time.